Okay, so uh, just finished watching Matrix Resurrections. Thoughts? Yeah, um, I think I think this movie, well, for for for, for the starters, is a fan service, like a, a, a big fan service. But also, I think um, I think that it it really complicate even more the story. So I don't know. I think it was very much in line with the, uh, the two other sequels. Um, very, very flawed, but very interesting. Um, overall, I enjoyed it, so we'll get into it. Okay. Welcome to Till the Movie Does Buy, a movie discussion podcast between one married couple in our late days. Ed from Australia who likes watching movies, and Bibi from Colombia who likes arguing about them. We will discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly experiences of our movie-going adventure as a means of breaking down the films that are significant to us to hopefully help avoid breaking up our marriage. Will we succeed? There's only one way to find out. The year 1999 is commonly regarded by those in the know as one of the truly great movie years. It was an embarrassment of riches that included groundbreaking films from ambitious upstarts like David Fincher and Paul Thomas Anderson, thrilling character studies from auteurs such as Michael Mann and Alexander Payne, the long-awaited return of Stanley Kubrick, and, of course, the even long-awaited return of the world's most beloved science fiction franchise, Star Wars. Amongst this heady list of cinematic wonders is a film that was not widely anticipated before its release, it was a weird-looking, strange-sounding sci-fi movie with a star whose stock was heading south, directed by a couple of brothers no one had ever really heard of before. Uh, and really, what did that title even mean? All of which made it so surprising when this same film, The Matrix, was released upon an unsuspecting movie-going public in early 1999. It was declared an immediate triumph, a mind-melting and levitational cinematic experience that both engaged the brain and thrilled the eyes with mind-boggling special effects alongside themes and plot lines drawn from ancient theologies and obscure philosophies. Very few modern movies have landed on the popular consciousness like The Matrix did when it was released. This had been a year that was supposed to be about one film and one film only, which was of course Star Wars The Phantom Menace, not another weird-looking sci-fi film starring Keanu Reeves. After all, Reeves's last couple of efforts in the sci-fi action realm, Johnny Mnemonic and Chain Reaction, did not provide the most encouraging track record. But by the end of the year, it was the previously unheralded cyberpunk extravaganza about the awakening of a human messiah that remained at the forefront of public awareness, while George Lucas's digitised baby was left licking its sizable wounds. People were left begging for more at the end of The Matrix, desperate to know what happened next to Neo in his quest to free the human race from its mechanised enslavement. So, when news broke in mid-2000 that the Wachowskis were at work on not one, but two new Matrix movies, the reaction was rabid. It created a level of expectation that, in all fairness, was probably going to be impossible for any film to satisfy. But that didn't matter. After all, if any film could beat impossible odds and expectations, it was going to be the one that was about a main character required to do just that to save humankind. But that didn't happen. The two Matrix sequels, Reloaded and Revolutions, 
although still reasonably financially successful, were quickly dismissed as boring and pretentious misses. The Wachowskis had apparently jumped the shark in terms of their academic ambitions and attempts to create a wider world of the Matrix to explore. To go from such dizzying heights of expectation to the doldrums of disappointment so quickly must have been disorienting. But the cinema landscape had changed, and these sorts of disappointments didn't live long. Geeky sci-fi epics had started to become more common. Comic book characters like the X-Men were starting to assert their dominance over the multiplexes, and the re-emergence of Batman was just around the corner. So there was other stuff to look forward to now. And besides, we always had the original to go back to. So, again, when news broke in 2019 that Lana Wachowski was returning to the world of The Matrix with only Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss from the original film attached, the reaction seemed to lie somewhere between muted and subdued. The absence of Lana's sister Lily, Lana had come out as transgender during the release of the sequels, while Lily came out some years later, seemed to add to the confusion. As it turned out, upon its release at the end of 2021, the Matrix Resurrections was yet another general disappointment, both critically and commercially. This disappointing reception, and indeed the events within the film itself, make it seem highly unlikely that there will be another Matrix film, at least one involving the Wachowskis. So, what to make of this series? Does the original still hold up? Are the sequels really as bad as their reputations would indicate? Here on Till the Movie Do Us Part, we decided to take another look at the four films and make up our own mind. Righto, so uh, we're back. Um, it's early, what are we, nearly the end of January 2022 now. More like mid yeah. January. Um, we, I mean, it wouldn't be till the movie do us part if we uh, didn't have some sort of delay. Um, we had tried to do another episode but ran into some technical difficulty, difficulties there, so we'll still try and get that episode out at some point, but we thought we'd uh, jump straight back into this one, which is The Matrix. Um, not just the first movie, but, um, again, like with this, with this one, we originally had plans to do like two or maybe even three episodes, um, uh, which would culminate in an episode for the fourth Matrix movie, which has just been released pretty much worldwide. And um, then we saw the fourth movie and thought, no, we can probably just do... <laughs> the whole bunch. Yeah, do the one. whole bunch in one episode. So, um, uh, like as with everything in this show, we're not going to sort of have everything sort of specified into certain groups. We'll just talk about uh, probably the movies individually, um and uh yeah just see how it goes um so uh to get straight into it did you want did you have anything to add at the top or um no i think that like we are not saying that we are not going to do two episodes or three episodes because the movie doesn't have the arguments to fill three episodes mm. on the contrary i think that there is a lot of arguments Sometimes a little bit, some some are a little bit nuts. Some others are like really interesting to mm. read about. Um, but I think that to make it easier for for everyone is just to talk about the essence of the movie and what it really, um, what they what these kind of movies did in the time that they were released. 
And uh, obviously we want to explain or talk a little bit more about the 4-1, if it was really necessary to release it or even make it. Um, but again, as all the latest episodes, uh, remember that we obviously have a lot of spoilers. So if you haven't seen the fourth movie or in the weird, in the rare case that you haven't seen the Matrix movies, well, um, just be aware that we have spoilers. Yeah. Um, so I guess, what? Well, let's quickly start on the categories. Yes. Okay. So I think for us, um, this um, the Matrix four films as a whole really um, fall into, I think it's four categories. So um, certainly I, uh, it does fall into the ambiguous category, the ambiguous movies, because uh, there are the, not, not so much what happens in the film, but there's so much, um, you know, uh, uh, theological and philosophical um, uh, ideas underlying these films but even in the in the movies because we are talking about a war that is inside of a war but like um it is very ambiguous because how do you know that you are in the right war you know yeah yeah so like yeah. it's it's like i'm seeing this i'm feeling this i'm touching mm. this but it's still this is not the war how do you know that that one is actually the real one and mm. it's not like a maybe version of like this game or something yeah you know so i think it's very ambiguous um but we will get into that later yeah yeah i think that's right um so just quickly the other category is certainly social importance yeah definitely uh, and relationships yeah um and uh, for me and i think for you and i think for most people um the first film is falls into the undisputed classic category. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an um, just a remarkable, awesome, amazing movie. Still is even twenty years later. Um, the other three, although I like them all, <laughs> definitely not undisputed classics. No, no. And I know that you're probably less enthusiastic about at least one of the sequels as as I was, but we can talk about that down the track. Um, so where did you, how did you want to start? Did you want to, like, split the movies up or did you want to talk about, like, how they fit into the categories? Or? Well, maybe we should have started, obviously, uh, like, we know that people have seen these movies and know what, what they are about. Mm. But in the real case that someone doesn't know, maybe, like, a, a little bit of, you know, like a, a glossary of what the movie in general is. Well, um, the, the whole idea of all these Matrix movies is that, human civilization well see i don't even want to get into this because there's like i can probably describe the first film but when you talk, start talking about what they talk about in the second and third films and even in the fourth film i i, I get confused <laughs> i honestly get confused okay. like i can tell you what's happening on screen but some of the stuff the characters refer to and so i just very very briefly i mean it's sort of redundant i guess the Matrix um, started in the first film where the idea is that uh, human uh, human beings have become slaves of machines. Uh, the artificial intelligence um, uh, was created by humans and then the machines sort of took over and they started growing human beings as their power supply. 
Um, and uh, in in that film, there was this idea that the survivors of, of the war, uh, the human survivors of the war with the machines, they created a city underground and, um, you know, uh, civilizations, human civilizations continued there. And there was this idea that there was this prophecy that, that, that came out that there was one person who was who was going to be born into the matrix would be able to um, break out of, of the matrix and um, basically stop the war. yeah stop the war lead humans to uh, victory over the machines freedom freedom yeah that sort of thing uh, so that's basically <clears throat> the first film was about uh, uh, Neo who was played by Keanu Reeves and he is ostensibly the one who uh, it's and it's his story. Uh, and then the sequels sort of expand upon this idea of the universe and, and go a lot more into, uh, um, you know, I guess some of the, uh, the, 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 the sequels where I start getting confused, where I think most people start getting confused and indeed started disengaging from, from this cinematic universe. There was, um, I remember when the, the first, when the Matrix Reloaded and the Matrix Revolutions were coming out and certainly when they were being made, uh, the people were rabid, like people were obsessed with the Matrix and, oh, my God, this is going to be awesome. There was all sorts of rumours coming out about, you know, um, oh, and again, like one of the things that made, there was all the the obvious intelligence behind the film and in the screenplay and the ideas that, that it was trying to sort of, draw upon and, and rely on to tell the story and the philosoph philosophical underpinnings and all that. But it was also really stylishly made, like the, the direction and the camera work and the music was like really, really interesting and cool. So there was all those technical um, aspects to it that were, that were interesting and, and amazing to look at, um, but also the fighting and um, the kung fu in it. The, the, the Matrix sort of really um, brought... Didn't bring kung fu back to the movies, but it made it cool again. Um, I think that beyond the kung fu, like the, the the fighting scenes are really good, but I think that also is the era where they were released. Like we are getting, like the world was getting into this, you know, like uh, digital mm. area. We were getting mobile phones. Um, we were getting computers. Uh, laptops, stuff, you know, we were heading to what we are now, mm. almost, you know, like digital. Everything being run by technology. Exactly. Mm. So we have movies like, for example, Terminator, mm. where they also talk about the machines taking over and, and this guy traveling in time and all of that. But this movie make it like... I don't know, like it was a whole, you know, like um, what was the the what was the aftermath of creating so much intelligence mm. that overpowered overpowered us, mm. you know? Mm. So it, it was an interesting um, dilemma, mm. an interesting uh, concept to talk about, and even more important in the moment that they were released because it was like the beginning of this area. That's an important Era. point because also uh, because it came out in 1999 and, of course, at that time the, this whole Y2K 
um, paranoia was really sort of, it was a thing back then. Mm. You know, people were genuine, some people, well, a lot of people were genuinely sort of uh, cons- at least concerned and wondering what was going to happen when, when everything they, when ticked they... over to 2000, you know. Mm. Um, it, it just, oh, computers are going to break because they, it's going to reset everything and what happens then. And, of course, nothing happened. Hmm. Um, but that, that, that was a, there was that added element. Um, mm. So there was a, this sort of film, it was a ripe atmosphere for a film like this to come into public consciousness. Um, it probably wouldn't, it probably definitely wouldn't have had the impact that it did have if it wasn't as good as it is. But, the, the, like, the, it was the right environment, like you're saying, the right time, right place for this movie to come in. Um, so we sort of digress there a bit, but I was, I was saying that, uh, when the sequels were in production, um, because the first movie had been such a sensation, everyone was excited for it and that, you know, oh, it's been a couple of years, so the technology is going to be even more advanced and it's going to be more amazing and stuff. And there were rumours about, you know, there's going to be a fight scene with Neo fighting 100 Agent Smiths, which it turns out it was in the film. Um, but also, like, um, uh, the the Kung Fu uh, choreographer who from the first film, Yen Wu Ping, who we we discussed in the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon episode, um, he was suddenly world famous, and um, the rumor was that him and his team were um, developing fight sequences in zero gravity, and all, all this wild sort of stuff. So people were were primed and pumped for the sequels, um, and then. Major Crew Reloaded was released and me, me, the, me. the air just came out of the balloon. It seemed almost immediately. Um, the advance word from reviews started coming, came in first and it was like, oh, uh-oh, oh, gee, something, oh, this isn't, this isn't quite right. Everyone's supposed to be just orgasmic over this movie and there's some negative reviews coming in, what's going on? Um, and then, you know, word started to spread about how it's, it's nothing like the first movie, it's some parts are boring and it's this and it's that. And I, it, it still made a lot of money on, the, on the, its opening weekend, but it wasn't as much as, as people were expecting. And almost immediately the, it, it was declared that, oh, no, it's a dud, it's no good, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then uh, so I think the, the Matrix Reloaded came out like in... I want to say March or April of 2003. Oh, and, of course, because the other thing is that there were two movies coming out. It wasn't just one sequel. It was two two sequels that were coming out. They were going to come out in the same year. So that even added to the excitement. It's like, oh, my God, there's going to be two new Matrix movies. And so that made the disappointing reception to Reloaded all the more disappointing because, oh, God, now there's another one, you know. Is it going to save it? Is it just going to be worse? Or more of the same, and it, uh, from memory, uh, it, it does seem to recall revolutions being like it made less money than it reloaded, even, and it was almost like the the, the final nail in the coffin of, of this Matrix saga. Um, very, very disappointing for a majority of people, I think. Um, you know, I I feel I feel like there is a problem there because. I'm talking about at the time. No, 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 yes. And I'm going to talk about at the time when I watched them, I had this, I had the feeling like I... Did you watch them when they came out? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, 
like number one was amazing. It was like for the um, the acting that we seen in Keanu Reeves, this one was like perfect suit, like really good. Mm. And I saw the other ones and they were like, mm. but I feel that it was because it had to develop the story mm. and actually, you know, like a layers. Mm. So we saw in the first one, the first layer, where is, you know, the hero and uh, trying to convince him that he's the hero and all of that. But then the universe will not be complete if we didn't like really explore these other people, you mm. know, like the humans that they are fighting. They've been fighting for longer than this guy. Mm. Um, the, the, the captains, you know, all these people. And also like the machines itself, like uh, the agent Smith is a perfect, um, is a perfect example of how perfection doesn't really exist. And it's funny because we've seen that emotion that, that, you know, like disgust and, oh, you are so imperfect and all of that in many other TV shows and, and movies, mm. you know, like Angels, um, you know, um, Constantine in that also had Keanu Reeves, the angel that's supposed to be good is doing bad stuff because it's sick and tired of humanity, of the wrong and disgusting humanity, mm. you know? Mm. So, like, we have seen this concept over and over and over mm. again. Mm. But I think because people really, 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 I don't know, they went nuts over the first movie and they have this high expectations on the other ones he actually delivered because we watched them the other night and they are entertaining they are good and they are like expanding the story and actually telling a different story of what it was the beginning you know like the beginning again is the hero and trying to force him to understand that he's the hero then later is like oh no this has happened six times before mm-hmm. you are not the first one but you have the choice and your choices will change the course of the story, mm. you know? Mm. And that's when I talk about that is very, um, what is the name in the category? Um, ambiguous. Ambiguous. Because if that happened six times, then the humans, because the, 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 the architect seller, the humans, they were not, the, the the survivors they were like a version of the survivors because mm-hmm. six survivors groups of survivors they were um like they were wiped out and then again the the the, the option so you see it's very ambiguous because you really don't know which world is real or even if those worlds are real yeah. and there is a third one yeah. so it's, it's crazy and see and that's <laughs> like the stuff you're talking about there everything that the architect was saying like i remember watching the film matrix reloaded for the first time in the cinemas and i remember being like oh wow this is awesome but i've got absolutely no idea what this bloke's talking about and when he started talking about six versions before i'm like Hang on, so does that mean there's been six human civilizations and then there's another there's six wars 
and six Zions and like I, I just I couldn't get my head around it even at the time and even now like when we watched them the other night uh, I experienced like I, I agree I, I think the two sequels Reloaded and Revolutions um, they stand up and they're good it was interesting because I've always remembered enjoying Reloaded much more than Revolutions um, and uh, you know, to the point where when we re-watched them the other night, there was I, I could remember essentially everything from Matrix Reloaded. It had been many years since I'd watched either of them, any of them actually, even the first one. I could remember everything from the first Matrix, almost everything from Matrix Reloaded, but almost nothing from Revolutions because I really haven't watched it. I've maybe watched it once since it came out in the movies. And watching it the other night, I really enjoyed Matrix Revolutions, or like probably more than Reloaded, actually. There were parts of Reloaded that I was like, well, this is, no, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I remembered, but I really was surprisingly enjoyed uh, Matrix Revolutions. Um, and uh, it, it really increased, again, I, I didn't understand it any more than what I had previously done. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I honestly wasn't expecting that. I, I was thinking that, like, you know, Matrix, the first Matrix, awesome, undisputed classic, Matrix Reloaded, good but very flawed, and then Matrix Revolutions, which is just bad. And it was um, not that at all. No. Okay, I want to talk about something. When are we going to start talking about Resurrections, the new movie? Uh, we can just talk about like uh, what these movies were like, what they did in society and mental mm. statements and everything, mm. and then we just go we close with the four one okay. and, and 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 what we saw. Um, so these movies they were directed by two brothers mm. that eventually, um. Uh, they they change the gender mm. to be women. Mm. Um, in one of the previous episodes of this podcast, I talk about how directors um, portray women, female um, figures in the movies, mm. and how they exploit the sexuality in uh, and and like they reduce the women in, in, in just an object of possession of, uh, you know, desire and whatever. I was really, really, really impressed how these directors that by then, like you can see that mentality was not really a man mentality mm. because Matrix is probably one of the few movies that the female um, the female characters are badasses. But they are, they don't have to. They don't stop to being female mm. to be badasses. Mm. They don't stop to feel in love with men to be badasses. Mm. They don't stop to being women to be women, and they don't stop to to say, "Oh, what are we going to do?" Never. They are like. One of my, like, Trinity, obviously, is one of my favorite characters, but also 
eh, Jada Prinkett um, character. Mm. I really like her. Like, eh, I think it's in the third one. In the third one? Or in the second one? I don't remember. When she's driving the... That's the second one. Oh, the, the ship. Yeah, when yeah, she's no, driving the, the ship. One. And is the captain, the male captain saying, holy moly, I didn't know this ship could do that. Holy moly, that woman knows how to drive. Because you know that in cultures, Colombia, China, Australia, whatever, always is the inside joke. Oh, if that car is bad driven, it's probably because it's, it's driven by a woman. Mm. And woman can drive really well. Yes. So, um, so I was really, really glad that this movie uh, show like a really strong female characters without reducing them mm -hmm. to be, you know, simple or whatever. And also the outfits, they were not overshowing anything. Like my, like Trinity is with that. The uh, outfit that, that Monica outfit. she wears in the, in the third movie is pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty amazing. But it still is like she's gorgeous and she has an amazing body, mm. but it's not tacky. No, no. It's not. It's essential, mm. but it's not tacky. Mm. It's not. Is is not sexual. It's sens sensual. Mm, you know, okay. yeah. it's like yes, men in movement, but it doesn't disgust women mm. because you can have a beautiful body. You can show what you have, but you don't need to be tacky. Mm. And that's the thing with, for example, we see Marvel movies. You know, when they portray women and they are barely just in bikinis, mm. you know, it's no need. Mm. Like women, yes, they have curves. Just use them in your advantage. But you don't need to like, you know, um, dress them like they are. Like, for example, what happened with the first movie of um, The Birds of Prey, the, the first movie? Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Like... Uh, the the difference, and that was, and I read an article, the difference between Suicide Squad, uh, Squad and The Birds of Prey was that the director in the second one was a woman mm. and respect the, the, the characters, the female characters. Like, you don't need to have this little phone to fight. Mm -hmm. You can be fully dressed and fight and be badass. Mm. So, like, I really like that. And I was very impressed. And I can feel that the mentality of the directors, it wasn't a male mentality. It was like a more universal, more, you know, almost like a balanced gender mm. mentality. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, uh, I mean, the, the, the first film, um, I'm sort of struggling to talk about it because they're, um, you know, there's four of them and they're of varying sort of quality, but the first one is so outstanding and so, um, you know, what's the word, uh, revolutionary and um, and trend-setting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, um, one, one thing I'd like to sort of briefly talk about, um, this, the first film, Matrix, I mean, it, because it, it, the first one, well, the first three, they were made in Sydney. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Didn't you know that? No. Yeah. So when they were making the first one, it was mainly 
like the excitement was mainly around the fact that Keanu Reeves was in Australia. He said, oh, wow, Keanu Reeves is making a movie in Sydney. That's awesome. What's about? Well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's just making a movie. <laughs> What's it called? Oh, The Matrix. Okay, what's that about? Oh, I don't know. It's science fiction. Uh, oh, it's still cool that he's here anyway. We'll have to check it out when it uh, when it comes out. So th- that was pretty much the level of, of this. Like it was excitement that there was a big Hollywood movie being made, but, you know, no thoughts on the actual film itself. Um, and then ni- like 1999 comes around and, you know, and like the trailers start coming out and it's, wow, okay, that seems pretty weird. Um, but And then there was a TV special that came out. I think it was made just for Australia because the movie was made in Australia. Um, and I actually remember all me and my family, all of us, even mum and dad, sat down and watched this special and all of us were like, well, that, that okay, this could be pretty interesting because the big thing was, what is The Matrix? It was called The Matrix and the the a lot of the um, the promotion of the film was played on that thing, like, what is this thing, The Matrix? What is it? Well, it must be, mm, okay. And so, and then they show very briefly some of the clips from the special effects and, like, touching the mirror and the mirror and all those sorts of things. So by that stage, it was like, oh, wow, okay, maybe this is going to be worth seeing. And I was in, 1999 was my last year of high school, so I remember going to see The Matrix. It was one of the first movies I went to see. I went to the movies by myself. Um, I think I was in um, exam block or something, so I had a bit of spare time. Um, and I, was, I went to go and see the movies, down, went to see the movie by myself at Redcliffe. Not that many people in the cinema, um, me and a, and a few other people, and it was mind-blowing. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. It was interesting to listen to. It was amazing to look at. It was thrilling. Um, it, it, it just one of those roll goal cinematic experiences that probably you'll never never forget. Um, so not a, for me personally, not only um, is the film important because of what it is and how good it is, but there were those added little elements, like it was one of the first films that I got to see by myself, um, you know, starting to think about more adult concepts and more complicated issues and those sorts of things. And to have so much of this, what was obviously um, uh, philosophical and theological sort of um, ideas and themes that I had no idea about, but I could tell it was about something deeper than what I understood it to be. To have, what was, have something like that, to see something like that done in such a way that it was so, like... It's spectacular. Yeah, like the action scenes and, you know, the way they were running up walls and and that wire-foo style of kung fu and flipping in the air and bullet time. It, just no one had seen anything like this. It was just an It was like a, a dynamite, like a, a meteorite hitting the earth. It really, really was. Um and it made a crap load of money around, I think it made nearly $500 million around the world. Um, it won like four or five Oscars, just like technical Oscars, but it won Oscars all the same. Um, it, it was amazing. It was such, such an important film. Um, okay. I want, to, I want to talk because you just said it's, it was such an important film. Hmm. 
I would like to explore a little bit um, that philosophical um, of the movie. Mm. Well, I'll, like I'll try, but uh, like I said before, I, I'm still confused about a lot of the stuff that's in the Matrix, and even all the the um, theology and philosophy that uh, the Priya the Wachowskis have put into the film or have sourced or ref- referred to. I've very, very general and basic understanding of that. Um, I think that probably the first one, because it had the most impact of the trilogy, mm. um, like, and again, a lot of the things that we see in movies or or with reading books or, you know, is what the perception the, the perception and the description that you give mm. to them. It's, it's not the way around. So a lot of people went into analyze very deeply all these meanings mm. when, yeah, yeah, some of them, they were there, but some of them, they were just like uh, put in there by, you know, the spectator. Uh, I know what you mean. I, I actually, I don't think that's the case in this film. I think it, very clearly you can see some of the reference, like the big ones, like, you know, Christian references and Buddhist references. So yes, but what I mean is, for example, one of the one of the big things in in the first movie specifically is the red pill, the mm. blue pill, mm-hmm. and how one will keep you, you know, mindless of what what's happening around yeah. you, and one and how one is going to open your mind into a new reality. Mm-hmm. But I was reading in an article that that concept has been used for like really bad stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, for yeah. example, there was this um, conversation in Reddit. Mm. Um, they even create a black pill, which people start like heard about that mm. after a massacre in, in, in England. Yeah. Um, and how, and, and like the Red Wing in the United States, how they are using uh, some of the concepts of this movie to to sway people into these crazy politics and all of that. I wanted to talk about that, but I thought maybe we'd save it for the discussion of the fourth film because the fourth film, to me, felt like, and I think to most people, um, certainly a lot of the critics that I've read uh, discuss this, the fourth film is, uh, I, I guess, one of the reasons Lana Wachowski decided to make the film was to uh, sort of take back the ideas of her film from these uh, cockheads, these 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 yeah right wing nutters, um, to take take those ideas back from like they've hijacked the ideas that she presented that her and her sister presented in the film or created for the film. So I thought maybe we could like the all that red pill stuff. Maybe just save it for the fourth when we talk about the fourth film, perhaps. Yeah, yeah or we sure. can discuss the fourth film. Now. Yeah, we can do that too. Okay, let's go. Okay, so the third one, like to me, the third one was the perfect ending. Right. Why? Well, the movie, apart from being, you Maybe know. Maybe you can explain the uh, ending of the third film to me because I still, I still don't get it. Okay, I'm going to that point. So um, apart from being technological and kung fu and all of this, mm-hmm. this is a romantic movie. Mm-hmm. This is like a, a couple's movie, like two people that met each other and they are 
um, completely into the other one? Some of that stuff, um, for me, it got way too heavy-handed in the second movie. Like, it was cool in the first movie where they first came together and, um, you know, and by the end of it when Trinity wakes Neo up when she tells him she loves him and, and that's really cool. In the second one, it started to grate on me because, um, you know, uh, I guess they've got chemistry but, like, particularly in that's towards the beginning of the second film where, you know, they um, as soon as they get uh, for two seconds alone, they're all over each other, and it's oh well. And I have, you know, I have they to comment. I have about, to comment on that. Oh, um, you know, some people go their whole whole lives without hearing good news that good. It just yeah, I, it, I don't it know. can be it can it can come across as cheesy, mm. but if you see the states of a relationship, it's exactly like that. No, well, mm. like. When people meet, mm. they just have to learn, you know, to trust each other. Mm. They learn their past. They are just, you know, like getting to know each other. Mm. But by the time that you cross that line, well, like all the passion and the flares and, and that wanting to be with the other one and like mm. talking. And also like that is a very distinctive style from the from the sisters from mm. the directors mainly because like um i watched that show that they directed oh, sensei mm. and i saw how that scene from the movie number two of matrix By which one it will like that part with the party and everyone, oh, you know, like party. the yeah, yeah. rave party and like <laughs> everyone just going nuts and mm. touching and all of that. And Dame just like sneaking out and yeah. having sex and all of this. Yeah. How that evolved through the years and ended up in something like Sense8. Mm. Sense8 was an amazing TV show, but it was pretty graphic in mm. all this. Is it still on Netflix? I have no idea, yeah. but it I was. I, it. I really liked it. Okay. And funny enough, that in the fourth movie, two of the main characters mm. in Sense8 was there, mm. were there. Anyway, so the the end of the third movie is when Neo uh, goes to the to the machines uh, with Trinity because, like, if you go, I go. You know, that's that's not like a, mm. a discussion, and they go there. And it's actually good that she went because he ended up being blind mm. by Smith. And um and yeah, no, in, the, in the in the in the trip she sees, you know, they go beyond yeah. the clouds, yeah, yeah, dark yeah. clouds, and mm. she sees the sun and all of that. Mm. And she says, Oh, it's beautiful. And then uh, well, she dies and he sacrificed himself for yeah. Sire. I think that was the perfect, it was almost like Shakespearean mm -hmm. uh, ending, you know? Well, very obviously, like, inspired by, you know, Christianity and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's also, like, the possibilities are enormous because these people are not in war anymore, mm. so they can evolve. They can, like, now we know that beyond those dark clouds, there is sun and beautiful 
you know, air and everything. So the humanity, obviously, they haven't seen it, only Trinity, but now they are not at work. So now they can go and explore. So they can, in so many years, they can evolve and they can just, you know, build high rise, high, uh, um, how you say, buildings or, or, you know, like, all those movies, all the shows where they they show people living in the sky. And there are so many possibilities. And I thought that like that was a perfect ending. It didn't need anything else. Because the goal was accomplished. And their relationship, they were together until the last minute. They were free in their minds, in, in, in their bodies, in their spirits. They truly love each other. She saw the, the hope of a new war, you know, without the war. And he, and he gave his life to save all these people. So he actually um, made through all that destiny that, he, that it was written for him. So it was perfect. It didn't need it yeah, anything no, else. I get all that. I'm talking more about the stuff like um, what um, the Oracle, well, firstly, like after Neo beats Smith in that fight, why is the Oracle lying in that big crater that they made? And then... Uh, yeah, I do what, what, but, And then that discussion that she has with the architect at the end, talking like, I just... Okay, so I'm going to explain this to you. Mm. Smith... Mm. When before that fight with Neil, mm. he went and absorbed the, the oracle. oracle. Yeah. So when when he says, I know that I'm going to win, is because he observed that program mm. and he can foresee the future. Mm-hmm. But one thing is seeing it and one thing is understanding. You know, that's why they are people specialized in doing something. Mm. In this case, they were programs. So the Oracle wasn't just a program to oversee what was going to happen in the future because the future at the end of the day was constructed by choices. Right. Yeah. So like it could change. So I can see that right now we are sitting here uh, doing the podcast, but then if we make a different choice, that this reality is going to change completely. Mm-hmm. And then probably we are going to end up watching TV or whatever, you know? Mm. So Smith observes the oracle and he sees that he is going to win. Mm-hmm. So when Neil allows Smith to absorb him, so Neil is in the center of Smith. But Neo is um is a mistake, is an error, is is a code error. Yeah, what, what are they calling the um the anomaly? The anomaly. Mm. So Neo could read through the code. So think like antivirus. Mm-hmm. An antivirus is a code. It goes to the malware, gets inside, and is destroyed from the center. So that's what Neo did, and in the moment that Neo destroys uh, Smith that have taken so many other programs. Well, basically what that happened is Neo destroyed the virus. These programs clean from the virus and they were themselves again. That's one marriage in one 
That was impressive. That's what I take from that. Mm. And um, that conversation between the architect and and, um, and the oracle, it made perfect sense because the architect is like a computer, only rates in ones and zeros. Mm. You know, it's perfect. It's mathematical mm-hmm. perfection. Humanity is, is less, is far from perfect. Mm. So the guy cannot understand how this guy was able to, you know, like to to, to to change everything after he has done that six times already. Mm. And the oracle explained to him that like, it's not about that perfection that he created. It's about the choices mm. that people make. Mm-hmm. So if I decide today that, um, I don't know, that I'm going to start doing exercise every single day I'm going to run. Well, if I continue in that goal, by the end of the year, probably I can run, uh, you know, like a a race or something, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's the choice. It's the choice that you make and it's the discipline that you put into that choice. Mm -hmm. Every single choice is like a flick of a coin. It can change everything. And that mathematical perfection cannot take that chance of changing. And that's why he he was obsolete. And in the fourth movie, we come across to this program. The analyst. The analyst. Mm-hmm. Because and and that's the name of like the names of the of the of the people. Mm. This is the architect. He has seen everything. He has painted everything perfectly. Similar to that show with um what was the name of the show? Uh, the blonde girl that goes to the heaven and is not heaven is held. Oh, and, um, the good place. The good place mm. is exactly the same theory. So these people created a perfect state, but humans, as being so imperfect, they get bored, and every and every perfection they just turn it into an imperfection. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this guy was a perfectionist, mathematical like a straight line. Mm. The analysts realize that humans, they don't go in in a straight line. They like curves, they like rounds, they like, you know, many figures. So why to bother? Just give them more of what they are and they like. Mm. That's why that that version of the matrix lasted for, what, 60 years? Okay. Well, whatever, however long. Mm. It, It lasted longer than the previous version version. Mm. but the only the only problem that he had was coming and coming um neo and trinity because they become the anomaly together together Mm. okay so see it as the antivirus and the person that unlocks the antivirus so they are they, are to, they have to be together to destroy the, everything that these people have done. Mm-hmm. So they need each other, but they cannot be together if these people want the war to continue in the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So that's why that's what I understood. So why were they still alive in the fourth film? Actually, firstly, 
like all this stuff that you picked up again and just straight across the top of my head, why did you not like the fourth film? Because it seems to me like with your understanding of all this sort of stuff, you would have enjoyed the fourth film. I did enjoy it. Like, it's not like I didn't. It's just that um, in... I, I thought that, like, the third one was, again, a perfect ending. Mm. You know, it was it was the, 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 the closure of everything. They didn't leave anything open for later. Mm. Well, a little bit when, like, the kid says that, you know, like, um, you know, you don't know what the future holds mm. or, or he will come back or something like that. So, but basically, they close all the lines of the story. Mm. So really, and and in my opinion, it was a perfect ending Mm. in the way how they portrayed the possibilities that these people have now. Mm -hmm. Now we go to there so many years later. Now this guy and and they go with the fourth one, they open a line in the story that make it even more confusing because now, the people inside of the matrix, they know about the matrix because this guy have created a game, you know? Mm. So like, it's like almost like deja vu. You know, like you are in this story and you have seen this story. So now do you trust us a story that can happen? You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's very confusing and it makes, and it makes the, the story more confused when it's not need to because with the first the three ones um it was pretty clear what happened and there were two worlds mm. now we open to the possibility that not really because this guy is inside of this one but he was connecting with these people without knowing and now we know that like machines can get out you know to the real world mm. and they have a shape and you know like they mix it up to my to my lightning a little bit too much, mm. and they make it more complicated. What what was the go with Morpheus in the fourth film? How, how why is he a program now? What happened there? Well, because like I assume, and this is again my taking off of what I have, what I saw. I assume um, Morpheus is dead because he's he is human. Dead. He is human, and he got old yeah. and died. Well, remember they had that statue of him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, like, he did so much for this, mm. you know, race and whatever, yeah. and he died. Right. They don't say how, but he died. Okay. An accident, uh, illness, or just from old age. Right. Then we see um, a Prinket, um, Jada, mm. uh, in a very old age. Mm. So Good like, performance too, by the way. Yeah, really good. Um, so we know that a long time has passed since the third movie yeah, yeah, to the yeah, fourth yeah. one. But in Neil's um, head or essence, he needed uh, he needed Morpheus to open his eyes mm. because who who actually opened Neil's eyes in the first movie is not Trinity is Morpheus. Mm. So he needed Morpheus to open his eyes. Mm. It's almost, I see it in this way. So 
it's almost like when, uh, for example, you go to tell to like you have um, um, how you said you have something that really happened to you and your mind block that that situation and you completely forgot about it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then uh, you have a therapist that has to you know open those walls and, um, and bring them down to 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 make you face that thing that happened and free you from that situation because you can grieve it and then manage it yep. in some way. Yeah. But you need that therapist. Yeah. And that therapist was Morpheus to Neo. Yeah. Okay. Now he died. Mm. So the person itself is not there. Mm. So he created an alter Who ego, he? Neo. Okay. So he created he, his game was the matrix. So the what I understood, I don't know if I'm no, wrong, on, no. but the analyst mm. made Neo to be um game designer. Yeah. And he was creating the matrix. And he created, you know, everything that happened in the matrix. But I feel like he was the one maintaining the matrix itself. The analyst. No, Neo. Okay, now I'm confused now. So Neo, if you see what he was seeing in the computer, Mm. Neo created the matrix as a game. So in my like what I think is that the analyst and the name say the analyst is didn't create so it wasn't the architect. He made news to be the architect. That's what I'm saying that the fourth one was very like it made things complicated. Mm. Because when I agree, I still I, I enjoyed watching it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Large parts of it, just again, like I can't remember that much of it, and um, a lot of it was confusing. But again, I'm still confused by a lot of the stuff in the third, in the second and third films. Well, I believe that that's the case because when there is some part where he um, asked about Morpheus, and they said that he created, he created Morpheus. Like it was something in his subconscious mind that created Morpheus. Sorry, who did? Neo. Neo created Morpheus. Neo created Morpheus. And that was program. Yes. Mm. And that's how he was kind of subconsciously working to free his mind again. Okay. But why why how do they explain him? So he didn't really die at the end of the third film. Uh, well, that was explained by the analyst. So he, uh, the analyst, realized that the architect, again, he created a perfect world mm-hmm. and all of that, but eventually there is going to be an anomaly that in this case was Neo, but if, uh, but eventually we'll have another anomaly and another and another and another, and these kind of things will repeat themselves again and again and again. So what he did was that he brought back to the matrix a Neo and Trinity because he understood that they needed each other, but they couldn't be together. And that's how he explains that, like, when they were in the cocoons, they touched and all the light and all of that. Mm. So, like, there was a lot of energy that they were producing 
but they needed to be close to maintain themselves alive, oh, okay. but not too close to disray everything. Yeah. Um, so this guy understood that having Neo in the matrix, it will solve the problem of the anomaly. But he needed for that to work, to keep mindless, to keep Neo mindless. You know, so that's yeah. why he was given the blue pills. Mm. And also kind of torture uh, knowing Trinity, but not being able to be with her, mm. uh, you know? Mm. Um, and also um, and also making Neo to create and maintain the matrix. Yeah, okay. Maybe it's worth seeing. I'm probably not going to go to the movies, but mm. look forward to seeing it on, on Blu-ray or whatever. And then you see, for example, um, um, Smith, you know? Mm. So, like, Neo really created in his world, he created what he was, he, he lived in the mat outside of the matrix. Mm. So, but it's like a, a jigsaw puzzle. Without one piece, it's not possible to have the rest of the puzzle. Mm. So, like, even the Smith was an important one. Yeah. And the French, the French one, the Merovingian, the Merovingian. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, in that fourth movie, I didn't understand a word of what he said. Who the Merovingian? Yeah, he showed, no, I, yeah, I couldn't no. understand one single word of what he said. He's screaming, and he, like it was funny to see him. I couldn't understand one single word of what he said. Well, like, um, unfortunately, in the theatres, we don't have subtitles. Yes, I know. Um, probably that is going to be clearer when we can see it in a DVD or mm. Blu-ray and we can actually have subtitles because a lot of, like, you know, a lot of information that um, that we see in the theatre, mm. I don't get it. Yeah. English is not my first language. So, like, a lot of the things that I understand is because of what I'm seeing and I'm interpreting. Mm. But beyond that, most of the things also, like, um, you know, unless that is like a, like a conversation one-to-one, -one, but when I, they, they are a lot of people talking and things, I get lost. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I, I enjoyed watching the fourth film, obviously, as this uh, conversation has... has uh, proven I, a lot of it didn't sink into me. I didn't understand big parts of it, but I still found it an enjoyable enough experience and interesting to watch. Um, I, I was very disappointed with, like, uh, with seeing the, the humans, you know, with seeing the new city, no, Zion, the new city. So Zion eventually uh, lost. Mm. And they create this one. And yes, now they are machines working with them, mm. but they are in the same situation. Mm. So it, it is sad uh, because if you saw the third one, you see that there are so many possibilities. And then time passed and they, and I kind of see it like mindset, you know, like, and that really describes humans. When, when you have some sort of set of rules and ideas and concepts of something, you just continue in that path. Mm. 
Uh, and, and I think that that's like an example of that. Like these people could go and explore beyond, beyond matrix, beyond the skies, beyond all of that. But they didn't. They just continued the same miserable life. Mm. Like now they have strawberries, but that is still not amazing. No. Yeah. I, yeah. So the world wasn't keeping them underground. Mm. You know? Yeah. It was just an excuse. Mm. Well, did you want to go into some of the philosophical stuff? Did you want to talk about that? Um, again, I'm not going to be much of a <laughs> much of a sparring partner because uh, I, I just I haven't done enough research in, in, into it. It's I'm aware that there's and it's obvious there's a lot of this stuff that underpins the storytelling in, in all of the films, um, but I just don't know enough to really meaningfully discuss on my end anyway. Well, we can we can like maybe take for what I was saying before, you know, like those symbolism that it was in the movie, mm. but also how people took it. And it's interesting what you said that uh, Lana made the fourth one. Was Lana? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lana made the fourth one just to take back the power of the movie from mm. these crazy people that is that that took something and. And, just hijacked it. And hijacked. Yeah, yes. yeah. So it is interesting because, you know, like you have, you have like uh, uh, concepts like free your mind mm. and what that really means. That's a big thing in, I think, um, cyberpunk literature, mm. which is, um, you know, I, I guess it's like a subgenre in, in sci-fi where usually it's about, you know, um, uh, human beings um, that's usually set in like a dystopian type sort of environment, human beings breaking out of, um, you know, subservience to to technology and, and that sort of stuff. Again, I'm not I'm the opposite of a scholar on this sort of stuff. I know very little bit about it, but that's essentially my understanding of, of cyberpunk um the you know the cyberpunk genre um and this this film really is obviously mainly about that you know it's, it's obviously about that a long time ago like many many years ago i read a book from paulo coelho who's that uh it's a latin writer mm-hmm. um and he wrote a book called sophia wants to die mm-hmm. And it's about this girl that tried to kill herself. And she fails and she's sent to a psychiatric hospital. And something that really, really struck with me was a conversation that she had with another patient there. So um, I don't remember if it was a girl or a guy. I think it was a guy. Um, like the guy talks to her and she says, um, like, I don't remember exactly the the, the, the conversation, mm. but it was more like, um, don't talk to me, I'm not crazy. Mm. And then this person says to her, so what is craziness? Um, is it crazy someone that decides to do things on their own without the, the concepts and the ideas that society put into them 
or is crazy someone that just follow the rules mindless and without even saying why mm. and he says look the tie the, the business tie of people of guys i call them crazy because they have this thing around their neck choking them for a the whole day yeah and um and preventing them to you know like that to bleed well and all of that mm. But they call me crazy and they put me in a crazy institution because I decided to take that tie and put it around my head because I thought that it looked pretty. Yeah. So I think that that free your mind is it's kind of that. But then my point is, what is the limit? If everything that we know is it's, it's a concept that it was preconceived. So I remember when I was a child. See, that's sort of the concerns about that, that, that um, the originality of ideas and are, are you actually making that decision or has someone made it for you? Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, a guy called uh, Immanuel Kant, mm. which I think he's German philosopher. He was. Yeah. He, 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 was, he sort of dug into that, into mm. one of his books. Uh, well, um, you know who who talks a lot about Kant um, in in Good Place. Yeah, the, yeah, the that's right. Yeah, but it's interesting because like I remember when I I was very young, like let's say I don't know nine years old or something. Mm-hmm. I started wondering like why the words that we know represent what we know. Mm-hmm. So like. Why a spoon is a spoon? Yeah, cool spoon. And yes, yeah. and and how and and how that name came across. Mm. You know, like why a spoon cannot be a fork. Mm-hmm. And and every, and I remember that at the end of the of those thoughts, I got headache because it's like um, it's like um, it's like a domino. So like, okay, so you start thinking in the spoon and the fork, mm-hmm. but then eventually you start Just thinking. There is no spoon. <laughs> Good point. Um, but but eventually you start like thinking in 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 the structure mm. of society. Well, I was nine years old, so I will not go that far. Mm. But there is a point where like what you think, how you act, mm. everything that you are is how you perceive things how you perceive things is constructed by the society yeah. around you. And we can see it very clearly, you and me, um, because I come from Latin America, mm. and how I react to things. Mm. You know, like, I wasn't poor myself, but I saw so much poorness and injustice mm. and corruption and things that I react totally different. Mm to the way that Australians sometimes do to stuff, mm-hmm. you know, to um, aid, to help, to education, to even thinking in like what to do when they are going to grow up. You know, like something that I take is that, for example, Australians really like to um, travel around the world and be back- backpackers and being free. And that's great. But for me, it was more important you know, you have to finish school. You have to go straight away to university. If you have that chance, mm. if you have that opportunity, you have to take it, embrace it. When we were talking about um, job interviews, 
how some people are so mindless and, and say crazy stuff during an interview. We grew up as, you know, I grew up in a country where if you have an interview, be grateful because there is no many opportunities. Mm-hmm. And because you have that mindset, then you really study for that interview. You really present yourself, you know? So like the way that we see situations, even though it could be the same situation, like COVID, for example, our ideas to certain um, situation can be totally opposite Mm -hmm. and different Mm -hmm. because we, because that is shaped into how we grew up and our environment and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just when you were talking before about, you know, having uh, ideas and, and beliefs and, you know, perceptions shaped by outside sources, they, I mean, that's sort of addressed directly in, um, well, in many parts of the films, but the one that I always remember is um, in the first film when they're uh, aboard the Nebuchadnezzar and they're eating uh, breakfast or whatever it is and then the little guy, Mouse, um, says something like, you know, how do the machines know what chicken really tastes like? Uh, or how do they know what tasty wheat tastes like? Um, and then he says, so maybe that's why chicken tastes like everything because uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but, yeah, that's always sort of stuck with me because, um, like, it's an interesting idea, but it's also true. Like, you know, everyone does think chicken or everything tastes like chicken. Yeah, so w- w- why is that? How, how, how do, and the thing with the spoon and why things, certain things call us it, it's, it's very, very, like it leads down a lot of rabbit holes and it's, you know, again, largely sort of just a, a theoretical exercise and sort of not meaningless, but, you know, you can sit around and think about this until, you know, until you croak. Um, but it is, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, and the, these sorts of ideas to have uh, a blockbuster, um, an action blockbuster really underpinned by such um, uh, heavy thinking is, um, well, it's almost non-existent now. Mm. Um, but even back back in the, in the late 90s, it still felt um, amazing, you know. And, uh, like, I, I don't think, I think the main reason why The Matrix, the first Matrix movie is still so well regarded and still holds up is because... As a film, it's technically superb. It's excellent. Mm. The editing is unreal. The craft that went into, like, the... That, the lighting. Yeah, the, the cinematography. Green, the greenish in all yeah, the, 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 the right. scenes. The greenish and, tint on everything. And, and it's like, why green? Oh, because green is more, you know, to the future, yeah. to, 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 to these machines mm-hmm. and we unrealistic but also very realistic. And the music. And the music. Music's really good. Um, not just the original music, but um, some of the sort of the songs that they use and the pieces of, of, of music that they choose. Um, and it's exciting. Like that, that, that whole sequence at the end there where um, Morpheus is trapped in the building and Neo and Trinity go back in and there's that shootout in the lobby and then um, there's that fight up in the uh, where they uh, rescue um, Morpheus and there's the helicopter chase. And then they fall out of the helicopter and the helicopter crashes into the building and it explodes in that expanding concentric circle. It, 
yeah, and then that goes straight into the fight with Smith in the under in the um, in the uh, metro station, and uh, it's just it's such a great great film. Um, and then you know you you get into the the sequels, which obviously aren't as good, but I still you know in, really enjoyed watching the the. One of the things that I did, and like I mentioned it before, but the things between Neo and and Trinity, the way they're sort of so serious, but then they're all over each other, and I found that a bit grating. And and the the change in Morpheus in from the first, like in the first film, he's like this cool, like leader type guy. In the second film, he's more of this sort of pontificating, like the way he holds his uh, arms that, behind that has his a, bag. That and, has a meaning behind that. Yeah, I, I, so like everything has movie, a meaning behind it. The films. first movie, he was this crazy guy. Yeah. People really didn't believe him. Yeah. That there was a one, yeah. you know, that there was the chosen one and all of that. Mm. Now in the second one, he, he, <laughs> he has brought, you know, the, the chosen one. Mm. So, like, he is the channel that, and he was the believer, mm. or and the blind believer of this person that is going to make everything better. Mm. And, you know, they, I told you so. He is the personification of that. So now he is cocky because, you know, like, I did tell you, you didn't believe me, but I was right and mm. you were not. Yeah. I still found it a bit painful. His performance was, was a bit too mannered. Um, and the, uh, the, some of the, the visual effects are, haven't held up in that second film. Like there's some of like that, that fight, uh, between Neo and, and the hundred Smiths or whatever, there's parts of that where it just, it turns into a video game, like a video game from the early 2000s. It, it, like. Uh, the physical but then, work but is... then, like, you go to the fourth one, that now the Matrix is a video game. Oh, and yeah, but it was intentional. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, or even, you know, the, the stuff on the highway, that whole highway sequence still stands up. It's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but some of the, the, uh, the special effects guys in were that. like me. Yeah. Um, Actually, I remember at the time they were they were quite heavily promoted, like, oh, they're going to be the scary new villains and they're in it for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, and that Merovingian guy, I always thought that the actor who played the Merovingian wasn't French. I thought he was just putting on a ridiculous French accent. Seriously? Yeah. I, I thought it sounded to me. Both of them are French. She's not French. She's Italian. Oh, wow. Okay. But anyway, th- this guy is actually French. But for me, it actually—I I thought he was just some Australian guy putting on a French accent. <laughs> I thought it was ludicrous. But apparently, he's, he's French. Um, I really like him. Oh uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah. Um, but I really like her better. Yeah, I, I like her. She's a good actress. Um, but the part was, but th- there's a lot of really strange part, like things that they sort of introduce but don't really deal with. Like what? Well, the, when um, after they've met with the Merovingian and then they're sort of trying to get out and Persephone uh, takes them to meet uh, the Merovingian's bodyguards or whatever and they're these two weirdos that are sort of sitting there watching Brides of Dracula and I'm like, 
there's a meaning for this. I'm just like, are we supposed to assume that these guys are just like faithful zombies that will do anything? What's the point of telling us? I, I don't know. It just seemed like a couple of odd, strange little things uh, to introduce and, and not really go into. Um, yeah, and I mean, you can't really talk about um, Matrix Reloaded without sort of talking about the architect. Um, and even like the, the 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 language, some of the language that's used in Matrix Reloaded is very flowery, um, and the performances seemed at times a bit stilted and weird casting. Like they've got uh, the, this guy that shows up as like the head, one of the head counselors, um, Anthony Zerb who I only knew as one of the bad guys in one of the Timothy Dalton films. And he's like this sort of moustache-twirling bit of a ham actor. And he, tu- and he turns up in The Matrix. Um, who was him? The, the counsellor, the old counsellor with the white hair. Counsellor, I can't remember his name. What counsellor? The counsellor that shows up. Ah, and he the, introduces the minister. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And he introduces Morpheus at the, at the temple. Um, like, what on earth did, is this bloke doing in the Matrix? It it just there's a, there's a lot of quite odd stuff that, that is a bit jarring to me when you know you compare it to to the original film. So again, Matrix Reloaded didn't hold up as well for me um, as it had done previously. Mm. But then I was really pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed Matrix Revolutions. Because, like I say, I hadn't sat down and watched it in, in years, probably 15, maybe longer years, and it was good. Like, it still had some of the problems, that the same sorts of issues that uh, Reloaded had, but, like, that whole um, uh, siege on, on Zion, on, on the dock in Zion, that was great. I remember really sort of not enjoying it that much when I first saw it. And the idea of having to sit through the film again, I was like, oh, I've got to sit through that. I really liked it. I thought it was good. Great action filmmaking, good special effects. And the actors. And the actors, yeah. Like, I, I'm not a fan of Jada. Mm. No, no, not really. I, I actually haven't seen her in many movies. Mm. But um, I think that she was one of the key actors for that movie. Yeah. And she's like, very good in the fall time. Um, so, like, again, we go back to the beginning. Like, they were just key sisters. Um, they create these characters that they are strong, feminine, mm. but they don't, they don't wait to uh, apologize or even ask permission to men. Mm. It's just they are badass women. But they don't lose that femininity, mm. and and the uh, what was the name of that character? Which one? Niobe. Niobe. Niobe was another another example that women can be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, enjoyed much more enjoyed uh, revolutions than I thought I was going to. Um, so Matrix Resurrections, for the longest time, I didn't, 
I'm assuming I, I had knew at some point that they were making the fourth movie, but it didn't really like, you know, I didn't think about it that much. And then the first preview, the first trailer came out and I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah. But then I kept returning to that trailer and that is a great trailer with that um, that song. What's the name of that song? Um, I can't, I can't remember. I can't even remember the name of the, the band that the sing Jefferson Airplane or something like that. Um, White Rabbit, I think White Rabbit's the song. Um, and I kept on watching that trailer over and over and over again. I'm like, that looks awesome. That is an awesome movie trailer. And I got excited about it quite quickly. Um, Until and, social media, until it was released and well, social media. Well, and then, when and then the, re- the reviews came out and um, it, it was mostly negative. Like mm. there were some, a couple of notable positives throughout there, but mostly negative. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go again. A lot of people thought that like the fourth one was a fan service. Like, you know, like, really? why you kill Neil? Why you kill Trinity? Why they cannot end up being together, like, as a, ha- like a happy ending? Mm. Um, you know, like, and, yeah, fan service in that aspect. Yeah, I, I sort of get it. Um, but, again, like, I enjoyed the film quite a lot. Yeah. I, I you know, as is obvious, um, I couldn't tell you most of what happens in the film because I've forgotten it and didn't understand the rest of it. Um, but I look forward to seeing it again. Um, but, again, a couple of puzzling decisions. The, the action in the film is not good. It's not exciting. It's very choppy and handheld and, you know, like the first the first Matrix movie, those fight scenes, you could tell exactly what was going on and it was there were long takes and the camera was sort of smooth and flowing and showed you what was going on and then they'd sort of cut to a wide shot in slow motion, so even more spectacular. We talk about that, remember, that like we are now so used to Marvel movies where they are so much, you know, things happening around and the mm. actions, they are so quick and everything that Matrix felt really nice because you actually can see what they are doing. Yeah. And you are not distracted by all this noise around it. Yeah. Um, the fourth one, I think it went a little bit into Marvel. Oh, not really. It, it was, I mean, the fight scenes were all almost felt like they were all done in close-up. Close up. And you could, it was just looking at their faces and sort of fists coming in from the sides and very puzzling, very puzzling. Well, also is that I felt like I understand that like they had like with this concept that he created the game and Mm. a, a, a third world and all of that, that they have to repeat some of, like he was going to repeat a little bit of what happened in the first, second, and third. Mm. But it felt like we have seen this before. Mm. You know, like you are not telling me anything. Like, for example, that scene with Trinity and and like the cops and everything in the first movie was yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then the second one was like, well, I already saw this. Like, I understand the purpose of this, but like, Again, but what what was the purpose of was that a different version of the Matrix or something? That was 
again, that was because of the game. Uh, okay. Well, complete. And and remember that the girl, like the main character in this four one, says bugs. Uh, yeah, bugs. Um, she said, uh, "I know this, but this is a different version." Yeah. It's it's almost like they were getting into the Matrix again. The Matrix that is the game, not the Matrix. What's actually yeah. happening? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's. I think some of this stuff will become clearer when we watch it again. Um, well, maybe to me, hopefully. Um, you've got a better handle on it already <laughs> than I do. Um, yeah, it's like I'm glad that they made. There's not going to be another one. I can guarantee no. that the, the the commercial performance. It's very very disappointing for this fourth film. Um, well, like so you never know with them. Uh, if we have had so many Rockies and how so many, yeah, they were all successful. Like the, all of them. Well, the fifth one wasn't. No, they didn't didn't make another one until twenty years later. So they've already waited 10, 20 years to make another film, and it's very very uh, underwhelming commercial um, response. I, I think it's almost guaranteed there'll never be another Matrix movie. Hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, I think it ended on a on a pretty good note. Like I like seeing Neo and Trinity fly off together. That was pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> Superman, yeah, Superman. <laughs> um, actually, that's what I really. One of the things I really forgot how much I enjoyed in that third film was that final fight between Smith and Neo. Hmm. Um, yeah, that that was really really good. Very well done, I thought too. I thought the special effects in that part held up particularly well. Um, and I remember reading at the time it, uh, a lot of the fanboys on online were saying, oh, you know, let the Rachowskis do Superman if they, because that was almost like a Superman fight between Smith and Neo, like flying around and everything. But I thought that was really well done. I enjoyed watching that again. Um, I almost want to watch all four films again now. <laughs> oh, um, it's probably not going to happen though, but. No, it will. Just you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I honestly, I, I feel like I haven't really contributed to this conversation at all very much. I, I can't think of anything else sort of well, worth talking about. Probably my closing point is that it is sad that we haven't seen for a while a movie that really makes you think beyond, you know, the the, the normal stuff. Mm. Like they are good movies, but it's 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 like one of a kind this one mm. because it opened concepts and ideas and 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 thoughts that by the time that they were released, certainly no one was too comfortable to talk about. And now that we are like in the future, um it makes us think that like we haven't evolved that much. We have evolved um, our communications, our AI, our everything. But as a people, we are still as flow and as inept mm. as before. Yeah. So like I think that seeing the new Zion was an example of that. How we really haven't progressed that much. Mm. Um, it is a movie that definitely. Like the first one needs to be watched. It's, 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 as we said, it's a classical. But I think that if you want to know better 
what happened in the first one, you definitely need the other two. Mm. I'm not so sure you need the fourth one. Mm. Um, but definitely that gives the body of the first one. Mm. The first one was just a layer. Yeah, okay. I think a lot of people disagree with you. I, I don't. I, I enjoy, like I said, I enjoy the second two but um, and the fourth one, but I think a lot of people, for a lot of people, there, there's only really going to be one matrix, um, just the first one because well, that's of, fine. of the people. Like, yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying that. Um, but the first one really didn't close or didn't really went beyond the, 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 the chosen one and, like, the Yeah, but I think for a lot of people it doesn't have to. Like, it's as a story itself, yes, you know, obviously the sequels show that there's so much more to think about and discuss in, in this world, but you don't have to do that. If you just, like, I think most people just prefer the first film and they don't want to think about the second one because as it is a self-contained story. Mm. Uh, you don't really need to go into any of the other stuff. The, the yeah, story, the I, first I would say itself, that the... The second and the third one expands yes. the universe more than, but it also gives body of the first one. Yeah, yeah. Because the first one is a bit shallow of what is actually behind the whole situation, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I don't agree with that. Um, I agree with you that the second and third film do expand uh, and 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 um, cover some a lot of worthwhile material. And I just, you know, there's a lot of just plain good filmmaking in there in those second two. Um, but I'd, I'd argue strongly that if if there was only ever one Matrix movie. No, like uh, if the other issue. ones were not made mm. and only was Matrix 1, that movie stands by itself. Absolutely. Like there is no doubt of that. But then it, it does leave a lot of lines open to interpretation. But that, that's not a bad thing. No, no. But like, I don't like. My point is that like the other ones, they were not irrelevant. Mm. No, no, definitely not. Again, but that's our opinion. I think yeah. a lot of other people have the opposite opinion. Where no, you, you don't have to talk about all this other stuff. Like, and that's a more general sort of a broad uh, conversation, or, or seems to be a more of a general issue with that a lot of people have nowadays particularly in this age that we're living in where, you know, um, like Disney, for example, and how they're, they're trying to expand the, um, the Star Wars universe, you know, uh, instead of, um, you know, some war that was referenced in the first, in the original uh, set of movies, you know, now they've, they've made another movie about it or then a character that was they vaguely mentioned. Yeah, but where where does it get to a point where, like, obviously all this stuff now is just commercially based. Like, nothing gets made um, because, like, uh, there's an artistic sort of imperative there. It's all about just making money. But at what point does that just um, get to a point that is, so obvious as to become more. Well, what's the point? Of, what are we doing here? Oh uh, well, and I think many people would argue Wars, that we've already gone past that point. With the Star Wars, I have an, a, a thing because um, in marketing there is the 
there is this part of story doing, storytelling. And, um, and with Star Wars in particular, the storytelling becomes so able in you know, uh, rapping, you know, like people got so uh, invest in this story that it was, yes, it is a commercial uh, actions, but also is that like people wanted to like kind of live in that story. Mm. So it was like a, like a, the company, but also like people fans mm. asking for more, you know, because they want to like be part of this. And, and there are a lot of videos and examples and, and, and references where like sometimes it's not even the company creating the stuff, it's the fan base mm. creating the stuff because they crave. And I feel that like that craving comes because like they are not products like this anymore. So it's like that book, you know, that you read and, and you really enjoy it and you really like it and you could read it in like a week, less than a week. And then after that, there was nothing else, you know, like really good books and everything. You can read them. Then you always go back to that one mm. because it's a book that you can read. And no matter how many times you read it and you know the story, it makes you feel, it makes you ex- get excited, mm. emotions, all of that. And as humans, we move by emotions. Mm. So in this case, it's it's the hunger of, material that is this good mm. that you know it makes it, it makes the producers to say okay we are going to expand it a little bit more mm. similar to game of thrones people were so invested in game of thrones and when it finished people were like so now what mm. you know that they now they are going to create start the prequels so like it's 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 money the industry for the money but also it's like the fans are asking for that mm. because they want to and and this is interesting saying this because matrix i think there is a conversation that says that it's like our lives are so boring you know sometimes sometimes we are so getting deep in you know routines and boring stuff and we just if if it's someone behind a, a computer and every day is the same, that our mind starts to like trying to get involved in something more exciting, mm-hmm. and that's when these worlds are created. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like a parallel of of what I was saying before. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, I think I can't uh, don't really have too much else to say. Um... <laughs> it's funny because. We thought that we were going to have like a three episodes, and yeah, no, not really. Well, yeah. Obviously, we haven't covered half of no. what these movies are about, but yeah. like I think, like you were saying, most people have seen certainly the first three films. If they're a fan, they would go going to go and see the fourth one. Um, I think it's this conversations I found a bit difficult. A because a lot of the, the stuff in the film just goes over my head. A lot of the stuff that's like underneath the film goes over my head, but also the fact that we're sort of talking about four films, and they're quite um, obviously they're about the same characters and the same story, but 
they're, they're quite different in what they set out to achieve and how they were received and the, the, films, the films themselves are, are fairly different. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that um, from now on we might just sort of <laughs> like talk about individual films as opposed to no, I, entire I, I series. think that like I disagree. Mm-hmm. Then obviously we will have to work this out later. Um, but I feel that like Matrix was like, again, like Game of Thrones is is uh, um you know parts of this of this story that is quite um interesting and 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 it has so many elements that really gets to you mm. um it is for example different if we for example talk about the marvel universe mm. because those those movies they are many and also each of them, they are exploring different characters. And at the end, they just, you know, mix everything up and like put the puzzle together. Mm. In this one is a, a, a sequence. So the first one is finding the chosen one. The second one is, okay, so you are the chosen one. So now what we are going to do? And the third one is, okay, this is the plan and 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 I know how to solve to solve this issue. Mm. And the fourth one was like the aftermath. I think that uh like we can spend tons of time talking about this movie because again there there is tons of symbolism messages, concepts and stuff that people can talk about. I think we cover pretty much like our perspective, which is good enough um and i think that uh for to be like the first movie of this 2022 i think is fine seems appropriate yes uh however i don't mind to do these these episodes on movies that are continuous you know like that they have like similar to matrix so like the like past series, series mm. but they are like continuous. Mm-hmm. My example with Marvel was that is so many jumping points mm. that is really hard. Like obviously when you see them all, you can explain, but then you can you get into the story more than the movie itself mm. because they are different directors, they are different actors, different. Like, visuals everything so it's it's, it's harder mm. so um i'm open to have like uh these discussions about something that is a continuous mm-hmm. story um that i don't think there are many mm. uh or we just continue with single episodes single no, movies single episodes yeah. all right well uh thank you for listening if you have been um and i guess we'll see you at some point soon, hopefully, for whatever the next episode will be. Yes. And remember that we have an account on Instagram if you want to see what episodes we have done before. Obviously, you can see them in Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Podcasts, all those platforms. All those platforms. But also we have um, an open channel in Instagram if you want to contact us, if you want to send us messages or whatever. So our account is at uh, Till the Movie. Um, And that's it. And follow us, like, share the love. And (laughs) thank you so much for listening.
Okay, see you, bye. Okay, bye.